Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Pastor Larry mentioned at the beginning, we have a special guest with us this weekend. Um, it's actually become a tradition over 20 years now. We've had um, Tom Agum, who is the president of Hope for Kids International. Um, he's a great friend of Northgate. It, it is the missions organization that we have supported the longest of any other missions and mission outreaches that we've used. And a number of you have been on short-term mission trips with Tom and Hope for Kids. A number of you have sponsored children. A number of you have walked for water. And um, it's just a great, great ministry that we are in full support of, and we love partnering with Hope for Kids International. So would you give a warm Northgate welcome to Tom Agum? All right. Wow, what a great morning this has been. Love that worship. Wow, awesome, awesome. Well, good morning. It's Thanksgiving weekend. You know that for a couple reasons, the turkey and the turkey is here. <laughs> How's that for a line? Uh, always a, a great uh, weekend to uh, be with you and to say thank you. Thank you for your passion for kids around the world. Uh, for water. Uh, I love to come back and just say thank you for your partnership. This is a special place, uh, not just because of the years we've shared, but um, many of you have prayed for us, our ministry, you've traveled with us, you sponsor children, you have given generously toward water, and uh, I love to come here and say thank you. Uh, Ken, you have become a, a dear friend over these years. I think especially when I was going through cancer treatment a year ago, uh, I would get morning texts from Ken uh, telling me he was praying, the staff was praying, if there was anything I needed. It was such an encouragement. And uh, I started praying back toward you. I hope things are going all right. Uh, uh, and told him that this last year I've been praying for him and every my father modeled praying uh, in our family. Uh, he prayed for all of us, uh, seven children, uh, prayed for all our relatives. I, it, I really got tired of the list of people he would pray for. You know, at, at you know, mealtime, he would pray for all these people that they'd see Jesus and come to Jesus. And I thought, they never will. You know, that was kind of my attitude. In fact, as a junior high kid, I had this kind of hatred with God thing going on. And I would hear my dad praying early in the morning when I would get up to do my paper route. I would kick his door just to harass him for praying. And, you know, when I got older, I started realizing that I had cousins that were now followers of Christ, that people in my family and eventually me. And when I lost him 30 years ago, 32 years ago, I realized that there was a gap in our family, that somebody needed to pray for our family. So I sort of took that on and tried most every morning to pray through all my family members and with all my siblings and their children and now with grandchildren. And it gets to be a lot. And I pray for my staff and team around the world. And there are certain people I pray for. And Ken, I've been praying for you the last year. So expect things to turn around. But hanging out with him this summer in Uganda and being in town here for a wedding and seeing Betty, I, you know, I thought, Betty's the one that needs the prayer. Uh, so I've added Betty. So what she puts up with, I don't know how she does it. But anyway, not true in my family. But anyway, uh, so the guys I pray for, which there are five of them that are 
on my board and, and pastor friends. I now include their wives. So hopefully that works out for, for Betty. Uh, life gets better for her. But anyway, anyway, uh, I, is, is Ivana in here? There's Ivana. See Ivana back there in the dark waving? And is that your husband Ray with you, or who is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, Ivana is on our staff. She's here with me today. Uh, they live up in Lincoln, and uh, annually when I come down, she comes down. She works remotely from her place up there. We have another employee up in Oregon, and in April, we moved east from Arizona out to Maryland, outside of Washington, D.C., to be near my wife's family, and uh, so I work remotely out there, and they say they don't Notice much difference in the office in Arizona because I was never there anyway. But anyway, thank you, Ivana. Uh, she uh, sets up all my speaking and all of that, and some of the best letters I've ever written, she's written. But anyway, <laughs> she's amazing, and appreciate you being here. So she'll be at the table afterward answer any questions about some things we're doing. I want to show you a little clip this morning because water's been a big deal for, for me, uh, for, for this church uh, we realized that 52% of the kids in Uganda were dying before their fifth birthday. We found out that 84% of their diseases were waterborne. So five years ago, we, been, we began to focus on drilling wa deep water wells. It costs us about $10,000 to drill a well, but that guarantees that well is going to be there for several decades, if not longer, producing water safe water for people. And I know when I speak about this, and many of you here have been with us, and you've seen the source, but I think this little video clip that I have will give you a look at the water source they were drinking out of and before the well, okay? So let's look at this. Awesome, huh? Wow. That really shows you the contrast of what they 
had as a source of water before. There's a scripture, in fact, it's on one of the plaques that we presented to you out here for one of your wells. It says, the poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I will not forsake them. Whenever we dedicate a well, which that was a well dedication you saw there, hundreds of people show up and we often say, were you praying for water? And every time the majority of them will say, yes, we've been praying. And we believe that when we respond, we've become the answer to their prayer. And as one older gentleman said to me at one well dedication, he said, how did our God find us in this small remote place? Thank you for being a part of saving lives. And when we say safe water, we're talking much more than clean water. We're talking about those little girls that had to go get water. Many times they were going a long distance and were beaten and raped and had terrible things happen to them. They would not be able to go to school because they were getting water instead of studying. Now it's safe. They can go to school. They can get the water right there in their village and and those dangers are not there. So it's much more than just providing clean water. It's safe water. So thank you for doing that. The other thing, many of you sponsor kids, and thank you for doing that. That's a real good thing to be doing as an entry-level thing. It's a dollar a day. Most of us can do that if we give up a Starbucks or something simple, and it really makes a difference. Uh, one of the highlights of this last year was when we have our family time, when we're we have our teams together. In the early morning, we get together and s- share the highlights of the day before and, and then talk about what we're going to do that day and, and pray together. This year, we had a, a sponsored child come to each morning. And it was usually somebody's child that was in that circle. And so then that little child would give their story. And these are heartbreaking stories. I, I've heard them hundreds of times, but I, I still get... They're just amazing. The little kids say, I lost my mommy to HIV AIDS. My daddy died three months later or something like that. And I was left alone. There was only, there was six of us in the hut, you know, and all of this. You hear these terrible stories. And then they say, but someone from Hope for Kids. And then they'll mention that sponsor. Picked us up is one of the things they like to say. Said, picked us up and now I'm getting my education. And then at the end, they pray for our team. And I'm telling you, many times after hearing these kids pray, I've said, I don't want to pray out loud again. They're so powerful to hear them pray and to really share their gratefulness. And we had a special treat this uh, couple weeks ago when we were there with our November team. Uh, One of our students graduated from medical school. Yeah. And he told, so he was there. David was there. I was there to present to him a a gift. And uh, we were so proud of him. Uh, he now is a doctor. He went on the next day. He was on our medical outreach as one of our doctors. And, and this is a kid. He has a story that when he was three years old, he his, told his mother he was going to be a doctor. And he said she died when he was seven. So she never got to see this day. And then we picked him, picked him up. He is sponsored through us. A doctor friend of ours that travels with us quite often, got him a laptop, helped him uh, go through med school. He graduated, and then she sent along a gift for him, and I presented to him in front of our team a couple of weeks ago, a stethoscope with his name engraved in it. Man, I'll tell you, to know where this kid was, 
and where he is today and how he's going to help so many people. We have a number of kids that are going through university now, vocational school, head of the medical school, uh, uh, law school, all kinds of uh, uh, success stories that we can share with you. So thank you. If you don't sponsor a child, Yvonne is in the back to show you how that easily can happen. We really, really appreciate that. I want to say something because whenever I share, I'm always talking about the practical things we're doing to help people. And we don't think of it as handouts. We think of it as a hand up. You know, when you drill a well in a community, you've lifted that whole village. The money they spend on disease all the time, they've got that money. The amount of time they're working and traveling and getting water, they now can have businesses. They can have crops. They can have a garden. It transforms this entire village. The World Health Organization says it's the best investment you can make for dollar, for dollar, to help the poor on, the, in the, on this planet. So we really are blessed to see what, what goes on there. But I want to tell you the foundation of everything we do is found in the Scripture. When you see how God feels about the poor, how he loves the widows, how he loves the, the orphans, of how we get the chance to be the hands and feet of Jesus, that he sends us in the world, but he says, if they're thirsty, give them water. If they're hungry, give them food. We're simply, I think, living out the Christian life. I don't think there's anything extraordinary about what we're doing. It should be the norm for us followers of Christ. But what I often see is the need is overwhelming. Right now, we were just working on some budget things. The things that we're connected to in a number of countries, Namibia, Guatemala, uh, Uganda, Romania, if I were given a million-dollar gift right today, it would not cover what we've promised. That need is overwhelming. I can't raise that kind of money. I, that's way too much for me to think about. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. Maybe you hear about a well that costs $10,000. You go, I could never do that. And so what happens is we, we give up. But I want to tell you that when we respond to the need as a follower of Jesus, we're not just doing it on our own. We encounter Jesus. I remember going to a pastor friend of mine and telling him that I wanted to build a medical clinic, build a church, and drill a well at this site in, in uh, Uganda. And he started out by saying, do you have any money? I said, I have none. I, our staff has not been paid for a while. We're in the red. He said, good. Then God's called you to do that. And I was a bit surprised by that. But he said, when God calls you to do something, it's always above your faith, always above your abilities, and your resources. Now, that's an interesting thing. Because if we pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because I have a little leftovers. That isn't God at all. That's just leftovers. When he calls us to do something, you can look throughout the scriptures and see the people he called and what he called them to do. It was always above their abilities, always above the resources. You step out and say, God, if you're not here, this is not going to work. Well, the good news is we don't serve a historical Jesus. When I was in Bible college, I studied about history and, and came to realize there were, there's more evidence that Jesus Christ walked this earth than there is that Julius Caesar lived. There's no question about that. But he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he rose from the dead, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. That he gave the Holy Spirit to prompt us, to empower us, to give us 
power to be witnesses. So this is a supernatural encounter with Jesus. So when someone is praying, a small child is praying, God, our almighty God hears that. And he cares enough that he prompts through his Holy Spirit someone, somewhere to do something. And we become the answer to that prayer. Now, I love that picture. And I, I, I think that's the way it is. I feel like I, when I speak, I'm an ambassador for the poor. I'm speaking for the poorest people on the planet. Many of you that have gone, that have helped, that have walked, the water, walked for waters, you're an ambassador. You're telling your neighbors. You're telling others. You're an ambassador to make a difference. Now, there's a scripture I want to share with you. It's so powerful. It's a simple story. It's a story when they fed the 5,000 with the little fishies and the, and, the, and the little bread. But there's so much in this story. John 6 says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. When Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? And it says, he asked this only to test him, because 7-Eleven probably wasn't nearby. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. So right away, when you look at this verse, you say, the question is, how are we going to provide for this great need we've talked about? Philip answered and said, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. And that'd be cool enough if the story said, and they all got one bite. So the need is too great for the resources we have. Verse 7 says, or verse 8 says, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fishes. But how will that go so far among so many people? See, the resources are way too small. This is not going to work. If a few get, it's going to be a panic, right? Go on. Have the people sit down, Jesus said. There was plenty of grass in that place. They sat down, about 5,000 men. Now, that's interesting because at this time, they only counted men, even in Africa. When we say, how many people are in that village? They'll say 500 men. No, will say, but there's 1,000 kids. We don't count the children, they say, only the men. Same with in the Bible times. So it was way more than 5,000. Now this miracle gets really crazy because there's way more people than 5,000. It says, Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks. I love that. Acknowledging where the source is. To say, God, without you, we have nothing. God, we need you. Holy Spirit, you must stir our hearts. You must be the provider. So give thanks. And distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. The disciples who handed out the, the bread and the fish were his hands and feet, like we are. When they had all had enough to eat, 
And I don't know if they knew about that lean to the left thing. But I'm going to try that now. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. This is a crazy miracle. Because wouldn't have been good enough if they all got a bite. Said, what a miracle. But now there's leftovers. And that is there to show us. When you trust this living Jesus, when you ask him to provide, he is able to not just provide so you eke by and say we got a bite, but that everybody has more than enough so there's leftovers. See, that encourages me because the task ahead of us is great. The call in our life, the responsibility we have because we've heard, we've seen, we've been with the poor and how we're going to respond is it's incredible. And we can apply this to our own finances, our own needs that we have in our families. Be encouraged to know that when we put our trust in him, this miracle is there for us to see. Step out and trust him. There are we leftovers. That just fires me up. I think we can go on. You know, we can do this. Together we can do this. I'm not sure how much we spent Friday. Last year was $56 billion on Black Friday. If I had 20 of those billion, everybody on planet Earth would have water. See, we can do it. If we can spend that much, I'm just talking about here in the United States. Imagine. So let's get fired up and know that Jesus is alive and we can encounter him in all of our need, in all of our problems, in all that we face, and how we will respond to the world and know that he is able. Wow. So let's pray and say, God, what is it you want me to do? What extraordinary thing do you want me to do that I just, I don't have the resources for? Father, we surrender. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, challenge us about our neighbors, those around us, those within our nation, those outside of our walls, outside of our borders, throughout the world that are crying and praying for basics, that somehow will be the answer to that prayer. So God, we give you thanks for your mercy and your grace, the cross of Jesus that allows us to be your children and to be your hands and feet. We pray that we'll be found faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.